Welcome to episode 65 of On the Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On the Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. At the end of 2014, I left my career to focus on turning my side hustle into a thriving business. That's when I discovered podcasts, and in particular, Smart Passive Income, hosted by Pat Flynn. Over the next six months, I'd become an ardent listener and dug into the hundreds of episodes he'd already recorded. I learned so much about online business and being an entrepreneur. I got inspired and motivated by every guest in a show, and I was definitely dealing with shiny object syndrome. I wanted to do it all. Fortunately, one of the things I learned about during my listening binge was the difference between just-in-time learning and just-in-case learning. I had been doing a lot of the latter, learning about revenue streams I was years from implementing and business concepts that did not apply to my type of work. Thankfully, the idea of just-in-time learning took hold in my brain and I was able to focus my energy on doing one major project for my business at a time. Using Pat Flynn's podcast archive as a resource library that I visited as I needed information rather than trying to drink from a fire hose of information that I didn't need at that moment. For this and many other reasons, I am a huge fan of Pat Flynn, which is why it was really great to finally meet today's guest, Jason Van Orden, who coached Pat at the start of his entrepreneur journey and is the person who shared with Pat the concept of just-in-time versus just-in-case learning. See, Jason and I met at an event hosted by John Corcoran's business partner, Jeremy Wise, which I was invited to by Dory Clark. This is a concrete example of what's possible when you build great relationships. Who inspired the person who inspires you? And what steps could you take to meet them? Learn what it takes to create these kinds of serendipitous networking moments by reading my best-selling business book, Croissants vs. Bagels, Strategic, Effective, and Inclusive Networking at Conferences. Purchase it at robbysamuels.com forward slash bookstore and receive all the book's bonuses, including the free audiobook. On the Schmooze is proud to be a headliner on C-Suite Radio, which is part of the C-Suite Network, a network of a half million C-level executives. Now, on to this week's show. Today's guest is a top internet influencer, a true podcasting pioneer. In 2005, he launched the first podcast devoted to internet business and online marketing. To this day, Internet Business Mastery is one of the most profitable business podcasts on iTunes, generating millions of dollars in direct sales. He believes in the collective power of a self-made influencer to elevate the world with their story, message, and wisdom. He helps these thought leaders to turn their brilliance into effective internet content and courses so they can reach more people and generate a greater impact with their ideas. He has spoken around the world, inspiring thousands to launch and grow their own personal brands, having personally launched more than 60 online courses, taught 7,000 students, and seen his podcast downloaded 8 million times. Please join me in welcoming Jason Van Orden. Hey there, Robbie. How's it going? Uh, it's great. Thank you so much, Jason, for joining me from your office in New York City. I'm super excited to have you on. And I want to just jump right in. It's a podcast about leadership and networking. So what does leadership mean to you? And 
when did you realize you had those skills? So I really appreciate this question because it's actually been on my mind quite a bit lately, uh, you know, particularly in the online space, which is something I've occupied for some time, online marketing, online branding, online media, you know, and, and things have changed quite a bit when it comes to leadership, when it comes to influence. Uh, you mentioned earlier that I believe in this power of the, you know, the thought leaders, self-made influencers. In the last decade or two, we've gone from you know, having basically, you know, best-selling authors and big media personalities and stuff like that, having the bulk of personality or having bulk of impact and influence. And now anybody, you know, having the ability to step up and be a leader, right? Uh, which is wonderful that we live in a, a period of time where that barrier to entry is lower. Now, on the other hand, you know, 15 or so years now into that low barrier to entry. And we've got a lot of noise online. It's very we've noisy. got a lot of marketers in leaders' clothing, as I would say, in that, you know, somebody who has really keen marketing skills can show up and say, hey, I've got the secret to X. I know the way. I And that's nothing new in marketing, right? It's just now that the megaphone has been handed to anybody who wants it, right? So I don't, you know... What does it mean to to be a leader, and and uh, you know, especially when you've got people who want to be a leader, and but then also requires being a marketer and an entrepreneur in order to you know be strategic and effective about reaching the right people and getting your message out there, and you're competing with people who, you know, maybe just you know, not not, not to attribute motivations to anybody, but some people are, you know, looking at the dollar more than they are, say, than their legacy or their impact and other mm. things as well. So, you know, for me, leadership is, is about knowing what you stand for, knowing who it is that you want to serve. It's about, you know, having something that you want to, to bring to the world in terms of a message, a story, a perspective, and certainly influence is a big part of that because you want people to potentially change how they think, how they act. Uh, and there's no lack of problems for us to try to solve and, and improve in, in this world. So for me, leadership is, is those two things, knowing who, who you want to serve and what you want to bring to them. Um, but then also honoring the fact that as a leader, you are going to share that, that perspective and then You've got to also know that other people are bringing their own perspective to the game as well. And I think sometimes as leaders, we get so, you know, again, because of the marketing, we get so steeped in this idea of, of just coming forward and giving that sexy message of, I've got the secret. I've got the secret to losing weight. I've got the secret to starting your business. I've got the secret to wonderful dating relationships or whatever it might be. And in doing that, we kind of even like bury the, the needs and wants and, and aspirations and challenges of the very people we're trying to, that we're trying to, to reach. And so what I want to see more of, particularly in thought leadership, is yes, bringing forward those great ideas, bringing, bringing forward things that you, you believe deeply will impact the world, but knowing that you know, we as leaders need to know how to apply that and teach that in a way that uh, you know, people can then apply it to themselves in a way that feels genuine as opposed to here's the one size fits all solution, just do what I say um, because you know, that's what I, I think is going to work for you. To sum up the idea, a mutual friend of ours, Michael Roderick, talks a lot about frameworks versus formulas and I think that pegs it beautifully because as leaders uh, and teachers or whatever you want to call yourself, if we're just saying here's the formula, just follow right. it, we're... we're 
we're trouncing out the needed nuances uh, in there, you know, to, to help people get to their desired outcomes. And, and bringing the nuance to the game requires having experience and wisdom to know when your knowledge applies in one way or another or to help people apply it in a way that is best for them. And that's where the framework comes in as opposed to the formula because the framework is based on those fundamentals, is based on your experience and wisdom, but then allows somebody to hang their own needs and wants mm-hmm. and perspective on top of it and, and achieve their thing in a way that is true to, um, to them. And so that's, you know, the, the leader brings all that to the game, the experience, the wisdom, the nuance, I guess some yeah. empathy in there to yeah. be able to understand from the other person's perspective. Like the word integrity was what struck me from the first part mm-hmm. of your answer and empathy for the latter part of your answer that a yeah. leader has, if they lack integrity, then they're the marketer and leader's clothing. Mm. And if they lack empathy, they're, they're taking what worked for them and saying, this is the what you do, just follow these seven steps mm-hmm. and you'll be just like me. Not taking into account the realities, the, 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 even the vision and the goals that people have individually for themselves are very different from, even when you say something like lose weight, like what that means for people might really vary. And if you're mm-hmm. just very formulaic, I love, that you mentioned Michael Roderick, we're going to have him on later in this uh, season. So um, he's been helping me a lot lately and he's a, a real, real leader in this, in this space as well. Um, it's a great, I love the framework of frameworks versus <laughs> formulas. Mm-hmm. So I hope I didn't steal his thunder too much, but uh, you know, in everything that's been on my mind, he sums it up beautifully with that yeah. uh, phrase right there. Well, I think we have to hear things seven times still. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so we'll repeat that a few more times when he gets on. So you came into this this space rather early. I mean, uh, you really are a pioneer in the online business world. You came in through a lot of trial and error, and you've been very transparent about what's worked for you. You've inspired so many people, some well-known, some not well-known, to like go off and do their own version of this and become you know leaders of their own empires in the online space. Early on, before all this, before you even knew that there was such a thing as an internet, <laughs> whatever time that was... Was there any hint that you would have the tendency to step out in front and take on a leadership role? Were you that person already or were other people urging you or seeing in you? Or were you right. like back of the room watching? Like who were you before <laughs> you had a chance to have a microphone and a megaphone? Yeah. And uh, the reason I love that, that part of that question is I think there are so many clues in our own past to our our strengths, our voice, our perspective, and we can draw from that, right? At the moment that I did come uh, online, one thing that drew me to the online space was that it gave me the ability to, to reach people all over the place. And I had been consulting, teaching uh, locally where I lived at the time. So this is back in like 2004. And the reason I got into that teaching is because th- those clues were there. And, you know, I went through this between 2000 and 2004 was this very, um, you know, zigzaggy, transformative uh, journey. I mean, you know, we're always growing and, tra- and you know, transforming ourselves and changing, hopefully. But especially in that period, you know, it was going from this employee mindset that I always been taught to and, and just being in a job that I didn't enjoy at all to going, well, what's missing? What is going to fulfill me more here? If, if I'm not liking sitting in a cubicle and just doing what somebody else is handing down to me as, as work to do, as creative as it may or may not be, well, you know, what's missing? And I thought back, for instance, the clues were there, um, 
you know, I thought back to how much I enjoyed being at university and college, and I did have a chance to teach. Um, in, in university for two years, I, I taught a class and my dad is an educator and a teacher. He's always been in leadership roles as, as well himself. Um, I would say that I could see, you know, even if my friends and I were going on, say again, back in college, going on spring break, I was usually the one that wanted to, to pull together. I love doing lots of research, pulling together all the data, yeah. proposing <laughs> a great way to do things, taking into in account everybody's point of view and, hey, what does everybody want to do when we get to San Francisco? Let me see if I can find the best way to meet all of those needs. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I can see that going back. Um, I mean, at least I guess in college and high school. I don't know. In high school, I think we're still finding ourselves and probably a lot of those abilities have been buried under years of education system. That's not always yeah. the best at helping us express those things. Right. But absolutely. Certainly. Once I got to university, I saw those things coming out, you know, at a time where I guess ostensibly we're all really discovering ourselves and, and trying to emphasize and bring those things forward to create whatever kind of life we, we want ahead of were us. Were there any entrepreneurs in your life that you got to, to witness their own struggles and triumphs? Actually, no. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's an interesting thing. Like I, entrepreneurship, well, I, I guess that's not fair. I mean, at one point my dad did leave his uh, job as an educator and spent a year pursuing something as an entrepreneur. And I, I don't know if I really wrapped my head around it at the time. I was probably about, mm -hmm. you know, 13 years old or something like that. But I mean, most of my life, you know, I, I wasn't like, you know, selling lemonade on the corner when I was five years old or, you know, taking candy bars to You weren't that kid. High. I wasn't that kid. Oh, and I totally was that kid. <laughs> were you? Yeah. And yeah, so, selling candy in school and bagel sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people have that like from the earliest days. Now, yeah. you know, I think other things that now I bring forward and I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm really more of a teacher than an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've pursued entrepreneurship because it gives me the ability maybe to, to be the kind of to get paid to teach as opposed to go and be a professor. I mean, I'll, I'll do respect to all professors. I would not have been happy under the system of like a tenured university. Like I, I, I'm just, I do have that freedom, uh, very freedom driven motivation that a lot of entrepreneurs have. I want to do things my own way. So I guess out of necessity, that's why I'm an entrepreneur. But yeah, yeah it wasn't like at an early age, I was going like, Ooh, I can say, I, I say I take this thing and buy it at X price and sell it for twice as much. Like that just wasn't my <laughs> tendency back then. So it's more with the teaching. I think that I see going back farther in, in my life. It's funny. I was that kid and I, I actually, um, my parents, their first time, um, having a membership to like a BJ's or a Costco wholesale club, they made me pay the first year because they didn't think they were going to use it. And I was using it to buy candy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was going there every three days and buying candy and selling it for twice the price. Here's awesome. the thing. I went into nonprofit for the next 15 years. Like my, my first 15 years of like professional life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, and even the things I created on the side were amazing communities, but I didn't use money as the, as the driver. Hmm. And I feel like I'm back into this groove in the last couple of years, like thinking about like, how do I, how do I share what I know and still make a living from it and not just have it as like a side thing that I it's like offer people. Um, so it is interesting how, even if you start with those tendencies, it doesn't mean you immediately gravitate to the world of entrepreneurship for you. The driver is you have a message you want to teach people and then this internet thing came along and you were like, oh, I actually love the story of you talking to your co-host about like, oh, and there's this podcast thing. In 2005, <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. It's probably 2004 when you're like, huh, some people are doing this podcast thing. <laughs> Did you guys first start by just like reading your, your blog posts? Was that, was that your early start? Uh, no, actually the reading the blog post thing was just an experiment that came uh, years later. But I was um, yeah, it, really what it was 
this, this friend of mine uh, who lived back west and, you know, where I used to live as well. So we'd met back there at about the same time we were, you know, looking into the online space and information marketing as, as it was being called. And, you know, he was making really good money on eBay and I was uh, making money selling uh, courses that had to do, they were marketing courses specifically for real estate investors at the time. And so both of us were pursuing online stuff and having success with it. And we kept in touch and had these conversations. I guess, I guess you could call it a, a two person mastermind that we were yeah. running. Right. So when podcasting came along, it was kind of like, well, Hey, we're already having these conversations. Why not just record them and put them out there and, awesome. and maybe some people enjoy them. And it turns out a lot of people did enjoy them. So yeah, a lot of people. So tell me what you are loving. I mean, it's 10 years plus, like almost 11 years of doing 12 years. It's been a long time since you've been in that space. What has been like most rewarding about what you're now doing or like what were the highlights along the way? However you want to take that. Highlights along the way. Um, yeah, you know, when you're, uh, I mean, going back to, to that question of, of leadership, certainly, um, you know, having had the opportunity to reach far more people than I ever expected with, with online media and uh, is amazing. And, and, you know, to have interacted with, met, taught people all over the world with, with ideas that, right. that I have. And, and then in turn to take feedback from them in terms of, you know, what they're running into, what they're wanting to learn about, you know, maybe what they resonate with most or, and also feedback about myself as far as like, well, where do I show up best in the world? Where do I create the best value in the world? Me personally, with my story, my gifts, my talents, my unique genius, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so over the years, just having those incremental, sometimes little increments, sometimes big incremental boost in my own growth because of that kind of continuous value exchange and feedback loop that's happening there through teaching and business and entrepreneurship, is, I think it's an amazing process. And, you know, early on in my pursuit of online business, it was a lot about, which, you know, I think is fine. It was a lot about, Hey, I want more freedom for myself. I want different lifestyle for myself. And I think that's, you know, absolutely fine. Uh, you know, I continue to have goals in those, in that sense. But then, you know, as I master, I guess my, my, my skills that I use, particularly in my pursuits, opening up to new opportunities and possibilities and seeing that, Hey, actually more than just lifestyle is motivating me now. Right. Now I, I mean, you know, for lack of a better word, start thinking about what kind of legacy am I creating here? Maybe that's just my age now. You know, I have a daughter who's five years old. I've been in this game, like you say, a dozen or more years. Uh, you know, I'm now past the 40 year old mark. I don't know. Maybe that's just shift in, in my, yeah. uh, but you know, just, I guess my highlights are just kind of looking back at my own growth process and, and the changes in my own perspective and, and I think one of the greatest things we can do for our own happiness, and then as well as, you know, I think most people want to have contribution of some sort in the world, is to have that sense of, hey, how do I show up best in the world? How can I do that as fully as possible? How can I use that to create the best value in the world, whether through a business or otherwise, right? So that's, I think, a highlight of the whole process. It sounds like a byproduct of what you created is that you called to you, you drew to you really ambitious, driven, smart people who were also giving people who were the kind of people who wanted to be collaborative, who wanted to learn together, who wanted to grow together and push each other. And it's, it's impossible to be in that kind of space and not feel that energy 
fueling you and pushing you and helping you learn and grow. I think a lot of times when people are trying to start out as an entrepreneur, they're in isolation, they're lacking that community. And it's just a lonely thing. I mean, we're just, you're just staring at a computer. You're just staring at spreadsheets or, or widgets or whatever. You're fighting your app or whatever it is you're working <laughs> on. It's just very lonely because you, you don't test it yet. You don't know yet. Whereas, you know, I love the lean startup sort of has brought us all to the idea of just so talk to people, mm-hmm. <laughs> talk to people, and then they'll tell you what you need to create for them. I think in the beginning, that's really hard. I'm in that, you and I've been talking through email. I'm in that space right now of like, I know I have things to offer the world. I've just published a book. Like, I know I can help people. And it's really about like finding the people that I can help, you know, figuring out what it is that they need serving them, right? The true leader is to like have that integrity and not just sell things to people who don't need it and not just sell only what I want to create, but like be responsive. And it's very exciting. It's very exciting. And I also think if I were doing this without input from people like you and Michael Roderick, and Dory Clark and so many amazing, great entrepreneurs and thought leaders, it would feel like, oh, I guess I can't do this. Like, mm. You know, it'd just be like, ah, oh, another roadblock. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, whereas right, I, right. now I'm being told that's the process, Robbie, you do the work. Like, right. <laughs> like you, that's, you're doing it. And it's like, ah, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. you, you had in the very beginning, you were by yourself, you had a co-host, but it seems like you very quickly drew a community around you that you're, you're still not just a part of, but because of you. Like there's this amazing space. I have to call out the fact that I know of Internet Business Mastery because of Pat Flynn and Smart Passive Income. Mm. So even before I knew who you were or even knew what your brand was about, I had all this positive goodwill mm. <laughs> towards what you did. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, this is, you know, it's, it's really neat to think about the people you look up to, who they look up to and who they learn from. Mm. Um, and that we all started somewhere. And I, I mean, Pat just came out with a re- uh, revision of his first book about you know let go and and how he trans transitioned from like you said like you did like that nine to five mindset to to you know i'm broke to i want to create something to i want to be a leader like there's a whole Mm -hmm. process he went through and it's cool to think about the people that he was able to be around because it's like a decade later the process that i'm going through Mm -hmm. so is it you're you're also not you don't want to be bored so you're I see. I know you've got a lot that you're you've been collaborating on. Um, I heard that great interview uh, with you and Adrian. Mm-hmm. Is is the is the is the new stuff still like in progress? Is it taking off? Like you know, besides the decades long um, podcast, is there other stuff you're still working on? Is that the new challenge? Yeah. So um, yeah, there, there's a couple things to share there, uh, and actually, you know, I want to. And doing that and answering your question, I also want to draw on what you said there about isolation. Um, because I'll tell you, like, yes, I have uh, along the way had those collaborators, communities, coaches. I mean, we get support from so many different places. But I've also been in the opposite position of absolutely like isolating myself, especially because I am. I mean, I think any of us can can do that at times. And you know, whether it's uh, an idea of rugged individualism, oh, I can do this. I've I've got what it takes. I'm going to dig in and, and make it work. Yeah. Whether it's uh, you know, for me, sometimes that, in, that I'm more introverted naturally, and and not that I'm you know shy or don't have communication skills, but just that you know, it's very easy for me to default. Oh, I'm just going to yeah. stay in my own space and do my own thing. And, you know, because of various uh, experiences or being dis- disillusioned sometimes maybe with, uh, you know, the industry, I have gone into that uh, 
isolated space. And it, it is very dangerous for all the reasons that you say. I mean, we as entrepreneurs and leaders, we crave momentum. We crave and need, in fact, that forward movement of the things that we're doing. And not that there will never be hiccups, but like you said, sometimes preserving that momentum requires having somebody to say, no, you're on the right path. And we go, oh, okay, I can see the momentum now as opposed to, oh, I don't know. It's, yeah. like, it's so easy to second guess yourself. It's so easy to um, get distracted and, you know, get another idea and go, oh, well, I'll go do that's that. That's very easy to do. <laughs> yeah. And so that's where, you know, the, yeah, the coaches, the consultants, um, I mean, I, I, I love working with, you know, a lot of my clients are those very visionary thought leader entrepreneurs. And because I guess of, of my experience and also, you know, I tend, again, I'm not your consummate entrepreneur that's had ideas since he was five years old. I have skills that actually are, you know, stepping back and looking at the system and what's going on. And so I love helping visionary entrepreneurs to, you know, to see the next step, to see, or maybe to hone down out of their brilliant ideas, like which one is matching their vision Mm -hmm. the most. And, um, and so, um, anyway, so come back into my own pursuits though, is that I have gone towards that more. I mean, it seems, it may seem strange that I've gone from uh, over a decade of selling digital courses, one to many through internet business mastery. And while I'm still a partner in that business, I'm more of a passive partner now. Uh, my other partner is, is running things more over there. And I have put myself now instead of in a space of, for my own mastery and growth and just keeping things fresh and new and exploring new levels of leadership for myself, put myself in new positions of like, and, and that has been lately doing a lot of one-on-one consulting and, and coaching. And some people look at that and go, well, why would you go back to selling dollars for hours when you've been doing this 12 years and have already done it at scale? Um, and part of that is just my own, my own fulfillment. It sounded interesting mm. after not doing that for so mm-hmm. many years. Uh, part of it is going back to what you were saying about actually interacting with your market and having conversations and yeah. learning and reconnecting with what they need and want. Part of it goes back to that feedback loop I was talking about. There's no you know, more present immediate feedback loop than somebody paying you to sit in the room with you for a day for a strategy session and you seeing in your conversations what they react to out of right. your ideas and your skills and your perspective. And that's been incredible for me to go back to that kind of, and I've been doing it for a couple of years now. And just now, now I'm seeing how I want to apply that. And I actually have all these things. I have a dinner series I want to do here in New York City for thought leaders. I have two different workshops, one in London, one here in New York that I'm working on. I've got, uh, yeah, a, a new online podcast slash TV series uh, with a good friend of mine, Adrian Dorison, and a couple other partners we've brought in. So now I'm going, hey, all this stuff that I've done for my kind of own growth and and assessment and, and pushing myself in new ways. And now I'm putting it into new ideas and new, I, I guess, products. And just, just to finish up this idea, you know, going back to the idea of an entrepreneur, I would offer up a definition of entrepreneurship that entrepreneurs take something and elevate it to a level of higher value. Mm. Now, we usually think of that as taking something, turning it into a product or whatever, and now they can sell it for you know, a certain price because it solves a certain problem now that it's been turned into whatever product or idea or course. Or, but uh, even in your nonprofit days, right? I imagine you were approaching that from an entrepreneurial perspective just because you know, what, I, what bit I do know about you of, well, how do I take these ideas or these resources or these and, and elevate them to a higher level mm. of value to people that yeah, maybe they're paying for or maybe, it, you know, whatever your outcome may be. But, um, 
anyway, so now I'm pursuing new ways of, of uh, to, I mean, it's just to kind of tie together all these themes, being a new, a different kind of new level of leader, taking how I show up best in the world, learning more about that over the next, the last couple of years, and now applying it in some new pursuits to, again, elevate knowledge and things to a higher level of value for people. And that's, uh, yeah, for my own financial benefit. And, but also because I'm looking to like, yeah, what do I want to create in this world as I, as I, you know, move forward to the latter half of my life, right? It's so exciting. It's so exciting also because most people that I get a chance to interact with have been in this business for just, you know, a handful of years, even if they're, you know, at the top of their game, it's, it's five years in and they, and you don't know the 10 years prior to that, that they worked hard per mm. se. Right. But like, you know, I, I like calling Dory Clark an overnight success 10 years in the making. So totally right. That's a great example. <laughs> Cause great I've known example. it for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but most people like you, you don't see it. And so they're not ready to iterate to the next part of their career. Like you now are, they're still mastering uh, where they, where they've gotten to. They're not bored with it. They're not done with it. It's still new challenges. But it sounds like for you, like you're like part of going back and, and doing that one-on-one coaching was to kind of re, yeah, reconnect yourself with that market and, and figure out what the next stage looked like. I mean, it's super smart. If it was just about money, you were already doing something that made you money. Right. <laughs> um, but like fulfillment is a big piece of this. I'm curious though, what's what's the challenge? Is there a specific challenge or a series of things that was like got in your way mm. as you were doing this. I mean, it was not smooth, but is it something about how you approach life? Is it, you know, skill set you were lacking? Is it a mindset you were, you didn't have? Like, what was the challenge for you? And then how did you kind of get around it or over it or through it? The challenge over the last couple of years as I've been. Or, kind or of just re- even as you, yeah. Well, in, in, in this time period of, of, uh, of like, getting your original business off the ground and to where you are today. Like mm-hmm. whereas an early on challenges were very different than today. I'm, right. I absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, here, here's why this is an especially interesting. I mean, this is, you know, a usual question I think that to ask in an interview is like, Hey, let's learn from some of the challenges that you've had. Right. And, um, and certainly I could, I could name plenty, but I, I, what's especially interesting about this question is that the last two years of my life and my career, I guess, as an entrepreneur, I would say have been absolutely some of the most challenging for me ever. Um, even probably beating out, uh, you know, the challenges of going from being an employee and getting to that point of quitting my job and, and becoming a full-time entrepreneur, which was challenging in of its own. But, um, you know, two or three years ago, uh, in terms of one challenge I was running into is that, um, I mean, again, going back to that, that momentum, which needs to show up in several places, I can see where at times I have rested on my laurels. I've reached a certain level of, of uh, success and gone, hey, this is cool. This is great. I'm just going to enjoy it now. Um, which is fine. I mean, I think we all deserve to enjoy the fruits of our labors for a while, but then at some point too, right, we still crave that, that mastery, that, uh, that growth. And after doing the same thing for a good decade or more, like I was starting to feel, um, feel that, that itch. But the problem is part of me didn't want to listen to that. And so part of the challenge was to listen to the part of me that was going like, Hey, something's off here. Mm. Um, cause here's, here's the thing is like, I had, I started feeling, I started ending, you know, my work days, not feeling completely filled or jazzed by what I was doing in my business, which was a real at odds with what I was teaching to my students mm-hmm. and was what at odds with what I'd, what I'd been pursuing for myself for many, many years. And so for me to stop and admit to myself, 
hey, maybe this isn't working for me anymore. Mm. It's kind of a scary thing because sometimes it's like, well, what does that mean? And I've got like all these students and a business partner and this, you know, a certain level of, I guess, like status and identity that I've invested in in this particular business. And then part of me is going like, oh my gosh, does this mean it's time to <laughs> cut bait and start something else? And then in the end, that was the realization I came to. But the problem is it took me... Uh, you know, several months to come to terms with that and realize, hey, I need to give myself the space to start looking at what needs to upgrade and change here and not ignore this part of me that's not, you know, jiving and resonating and, and uh, you know, as jazzed as it used to be. And so in doing that, well, so, and by ignoring that, I actually put myself into a place of isolation. It started turning into depression, frankly, and, and losing my creativity and my motivation. And, um, and, and so eventually it was like my back was against the wall of needing to like, okay, what's, what's wrong here. Right. Um, so yeah, it was challenges of needing to stop and give myself space when like we get so steeped in what we're doing right now that we, yeah. we forget to do that. Well, it sounds um, like that you were trying to have integrity with yourself. Absolutely right? Because you, you have this thing you espouse that you live and that wasn't actually true for you anymore. Like the way you were living wasn't matching what you were teaching. Right. And that disconnect needed to be addressed. But I, right. I like that you, I appreciate that you pointed out that like, there's a way in where we're so invested in sort of our identity attached to these things. It's hard sometimes, you know, this is, I'll take into relationships, like couples that no one knows are having trouble because everyone is invested in them being the ideal perfect couple. Right, right, like right. No one, so, so therefore the couple doesn't want to go and tell anybody, oh, we're having trouble. And if they could, maybe there'd be a way to like find a way to have that dialogue different. And similarly, you were like, oh, who do I tell that I'm not happy doing what I love? That's a great analogy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I also know that you probably had amassed good people in your life who were close to you that you were able to eventually like pull yourself out, but you had to, you had to do for yourself first. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the hard, that's the work that's so sort of related to that. Um, being an entrepreneur, being uh, passionate about the work that you do is a 24 seven endeavor. I mean, you get an idea in the middle of the night, you, you know, work late on a deadline, you know, you go on a vacation, but you're still working on your projects, you know, like, where does the line draw for you? I mean, there's work, there's life. Is it an integration? Is it a balance? Is it a farce? <laughs> mm. <laughs> what? And and uh, I have a 20 month old and and one on on the way. Um, I think when this airs, you like I'll either have a, two children or be very close to it. Um, you have a five year old, so mm -hmm. yeah. How do you? I don't want to use the word balance, but how do you integrate all of that? Yeah. Um... I mean, part of it is, is practical. And then part of it is more, um, internal, uh, okay. So on the practical side, I mean, you know, it, it is, I'll tell you what, having a kid that absolutely forced me to be more efficient and effective with my time. Cause I, I had to be, um, and you know, and so my wife and I, we have our systems and things that we do, you know, we, we schedule very specifically on the calendar and we know in terms of childcare, we know who's taking her to the bus or picking her up from the bus or, you know, spending the, <clears throat> excuse me, spending the afternoon with her before dinner time or whatever, when it's a family time, so on and so forth. 
Um, so part of it just having like that, that very clear expectations and schedule and practical use of my own time and all the, you know, all the productivity and things that we hear about and, and learning to apply those for myself in a way that works. Um, and then part of it is a very like mental, emotional game too, because probably one of the trickiest things out of that in terms of, you know, balance or whatever you want to call it is that um, if if I get towards the end of my work day, you know, whatever that is for that day, maybe it's 3.30 and it's time for me to go pick my daughter up from the bus as she's coming home from preschool. Or, um, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, at dinner time because my wife picked her up and now I'm going out to have dinner with my family. You know, if I if I'm not careful, it's very easy for me not to delineate and to still have in my mind, you know, those things going on of, of, Oh, I need to get that done in my business. And, and especially if I don't feel good about what I got done that day. And I tend to be very, um, unfair to myself in terms of not enough, didn't do enough, haven't been tiring hard enough. Um, and it's taken a lot of work and I don't have any one magic answer and I'm still working on it, but you know, it's, it's taken learning about self-compassion to myself. So I can get to the right the end of the day and go, look, you know, I did my best. Some things got in the way. No, I didn't hit all the things I wanted today, but that's okay. I can start again tomorrow. The world's not going to end. Um, and, and have those dialogues with myself because mm-hmm. you know, these two individuals, two parts of myself, they are myself inside of this boardroom in my mind, the one saying like, get back to work and the other going like, no, I want to spend time with my family. And, you know, it's hard to be present if, if you can't be aware of and know how to dialogue with those yeah. um, voices. So, I mean, things like, you know, meditation have, have helped with that. Uh, things like, um, you know, I mean, a lot of coaching and therapy and self-development work to learn how to have that relationship with myself um, and, and dig up the source of this not enough that I think a lot of us struggle with in various ways. Like we are Mm -hmm. not enough. We are not doing enough. I mean, it's very easy to be self-critical, right? So there you go. That's kind of, uh, I don't know know, how I view that. um, When, uh, when I was going through my book launch, which was, um, you know, a couple of weeks of just nonstop activity, um, the kind of activity I thrive on, but I also, it was a lot. And I, I was learning as I went, um, my wife actually started at Google keep, which is a little post-it mm-hmm. note app, um, mm-hmm. where she would get me to share with her things that, that went well. And she would put them on the keep for me because mm-hmm. I kept telling her the stuff that I hadn't finished yet, or I wish I'd done more of this, or this only hit this number. And meanwhile, I, I will tell you that anybody who witnessed my book launch will tell you that it was a success, you know, mm-hmm. number one in three categories, 160 plus reviews, you know, in a few days, like. Awesome. You know, on the numbers, <laughs> right? But right. I'm like, oh, you know, I wanted to do mm. this and this and this, yeah. and you know, um, and some of those things will happen in the second and third book, kind of thing. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll get to all of that. But it is helpful for me when I had someone else kind of help me reflect back, like, what did I accomplish? Because that's hard. It's hard sometimes when um, the the needle that we're moving is part of a really big landscape, and so it's hard to sometimes see like the effort from today the impact it has. Like my old job, I organized fundraising events and did major gift work. And so I was on an event schedule for my job. I did 25 events a year for my grassroots organizing group that I ran. I ran 25 events a year. I often did two conferences on top of that and one year a wedding, my own. Um, mm. So I was constantly working to a deadline mm. and it was very satisfying. Very, you know, like, you know, mm, right that, to meet those done. deadlines. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but this is a very, uh, comparatively amorphous thing. And even like once the book 
got to a certain point, I was like, oh, I just realized that the book launch, which I've been counting down to, was day one of the next phase. Mm, yeah. And, and about two weeks out, I had that realization. So then I was trying to get through the actual launch, but also prep for the next phase. And it's like hard to have that moment of like, oh, I finished it. Yay. <laughs> so you're like, right, right, right. Next thing. Um, so I, it's good to think that, you know, part of it is we have to be kind to ourselves. Is the hurt, what the message I heard from you. Is mm-hmm. there a particular, um, I don't know, is there something in particular you're trying to like adopt into your life, like a, a habit maybe? Yeah, you know, I think it is important to have those those habits and rituals that that work for us. Now, uh, again, going back to formulas versus uh, frameworks, I, I think sometimes we get hung up on you know, like uh, morning routines. The last couple of years have been uh, you know very hot topic. There's been books about it, and you know, big thought leaders talking about it. And I think sometimes we get so hung up on the fact that it's like, well, unless I have that exact same routine that they're talking about, I'm not going to be successful. And that's just like absolutely not the case, right? Mm-hmm. However, I do think that it's important for us to find, I mean, going back to that thing of how do I show up best in the world? Well, part of that has to do with our environment and our routines and our habits. Um, and so, you know, I know that, uh, for instance, if I don't give myself space to read or learn, and and sometimes that's very that's very focused learning. I know that I have, you know, a certain, uh, a certain strategy I'm trying to implement and that's tied to a very specific outcome that I'm trying to get done. And so I've identified a skill that I need to better to make that happen. So that's focused learning. It's what, you know, some um, I call just in time learning because yes. this is something that I'm applying right now, but I also have to give myself that space to like rabbit hole learning. Yeah. There's no goal to this. I'm going to read something because it looks interesting. It may have direct application to my industry or anything. And so that, that just to give you one example, like that has to be a part of my weekly schedule because as a thought leader and somebody who teaches other thought leaders, I, got, I need to have new thoughts. <laughs> I need to have raw fuel for creativity <laughs> and ideas and reading and learning in a variety, you know, if I don't want to end up in the echo chamber saying the same things as everybody else, I need to give myself that space. It's counter to that part of my mind that that one individual in the boardroom in my mind who's going like, no, doing enough means being at your keyboard. And I don't know, that has this very weird specific idea of what work means, right? Uh But sometimes, you know, when I am walking around the block thinking, when I am giving myself that space to sit in a chair, when I am going, you know, I mean, going back to when I felt stuck two or three years ago, one of the first things I did actually over a few months, I went on four different retreats, personal retreats by myself. I was living in Europe at the time. So like I went to Rome and I went to Prague and I went to Amsterdam. But the point being is like, that might seem like, oh, so you went on vacation. Yeah, great. But no, you know what? That was pivotal in that moment. I was giving myself the space, mm-hmm. right? So building those things in, um, mm-hmm. it might be the gratitude journal because that helps you to like not always be looking at the horizon, constantly moving away right. from you. I love what you said there. I, I do think that's a great practice. Like, you know, and if you have to have a coach or your spouse or whoever, it's like, I'm going to say three things that went well at the end of the day so that I don't like sit there and just think about the things. That's a great practice. Whether it's meditation that may or may not work for everybody. Um, you know, uh, for, for some people, they have very specific exercise routines, but find what works for you. And I know for me, it's, it's learning on a regular basis, 
Um, I do use journaling here and there. It's not like a constant uh, practice, but it is something that I do, um, you know, bring at times, you know, and a huge practice for me is, is going back to conversations, which is a big thing for me to stay as an introvert. And two years ago was not a practice for me. And now I say not a week goes by without me having several conversations on phone, in person, sometimes just Facebook Messenger with potential clients, uh, just people who are in my market, uh, potential colleagues, partners, people that I depend on for support and momentum. Uh, so I would say that's a huge practice for me that's very relevant mm. to anybody listening to this podcast is, uh, you know, and, and just to, you know, I don't, I don't I want to get too worried, but I think this is pretty important because again, two, two and a half years ago, I was noticing it's like I have not been doing outreach. Like I had in many ways isolated myself. I had fortunately a business partner I was working with, but we'd gone very insular and just like, look, we're not promoting anybody. We don't need any, you know, we'd had some bad experiences with that. And I had just stopped like, you know, I'd go to conferences and talk to people and that was it. Like I wouldn't keep up with people in between. And I was like, okay, this needs to change. It's clear that that is something that's tied to success and I'm not doing it because I was trying to take inventory yeah. of my decade or so. And so I was like, well, I don't know what I need to do. There's some practices there I need to learn, some skills. Uh, I probably need to learn from Robbie Samuels a few, few things. I didn't know you at the time, but now I would have probably done that too. <laughs> Thankfully, I knew Dory who was like, you know, actually very instrumental in me helping to learn some of these things. Um, and at first I just said, look, I'm going to reach out and just ask two people a week to have a conversation with me. I actually have no control over whether they say yes or no, but I do control how many people I ask. You know, now that number of two has gone up from, from there, but I just did that over and over and over and over for weeks on, on end. And I, it, it forced me to face fears and process them. It forced me to develop a habit. And now it's so become great. this natural thing to reach out and have conversations on a regular basis. And even me, the introvert who used to say, I hate being on the telephone. It's so draining. You know, relationships just end up, you know, pulling it all out of you. So like now I can't imagine my business moving forward without mm those conversations on a weekly basis. I'm so um, glad you so. brought that up. And uh, I actually wanted to ask you, and you've shared a lot, revealed a lot about this, but uh, you've amassed an amazing network in your life, but it sounds like you're just starting to think about how to nurture that network because that's the difference. Like we could, we could collect either business cards or LinkedIn contacts or fans or followers but that's not going to get you the same kind of connection as you diligently saying, you know, I'm starting with, you know, two contacts a week and I, the phone is a magical instrument. I, I always joke, uh, I've been speaking on the topic of networking and inclusive networking for nearly a decade. And I always joke to people at some point about how there's this device in your pocket. Did you know that it makes phone calls? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, we have forgotten that. And um, Susan Rowan, I reference this a lot. She was on my show and she's been writing about networking for nearly 30 years, literally wrote the book, How to Work a Room. Mm -hmm. Um, so she calls them, uh, Hey calls. How are you mm -hmm. to make hay while the sun shines phone calls is what she calls them. So like right. you just like getting in the habit of, of, you know, Hey, let's just check in. And it sounds like you're now have some system or process around that, that you're almost looking forward to it. And that's part of your learning and part of your growing is, is that my saying that correctly that you're shifted your mindset around your approach. Well, yeah. It, and by, you know, in not knowing maybe what I needed to learn and change at first, but just going, I know that this needs to change and that, you know, just identifying something I could control that would start putting me into that, you know, then I started learning, okay, well, what do I need? Where, where are the knowledge gaps? Where are mm -hmm. the uh, core beliefs that are holding, holding me back here? And one of them was that it's like, oh, I'm an introvert, so I don't connect. I'm not that, you know, show up in the room and connect to everybody. But then, 
I mean, here, here are two the key things over the last two years that have shifted this entirely for me. Number one, as an introvert, introverts tend to be especially curious people. Okay. And so I started focusing all of my conversations on curiosity about the person. I'd find something about what they were doing or who they were that I was genuinely curious about. And I would just pursue that and ask lots of questions. Okay. So that made it easier to have those um, conversations. And, you know, and often as introverts, we don't like the small talk, right? Like it feels, I don't know, at least for me, it just, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say it feels shallow though, because I know that it's a necessary part of creative or of conversation, but like, so identifying curiosity as an important skill to bring to the game, right? Number yeah. two was realizing, Hey, you know what? I have complete control over who I want to converse with, who I want to connect with, who I want to keep up with. I remember having a conversation about this with Dory. Cause I mean, we know, we both know the number of people that she is constantly meeting and like and knows and can introduce you to and she's as much of an introvert as anybody right and I was like Dory how do you can I keep up with this and you know one thing I remember asking her was like but you know all these people you can't possibly keep up with all of them and she's like oh you know the ones that I really feel a connection with I I keep up with and the other ones I don't I don't doesn't matter what their status is and I think I used to put that pressure on myself of oh well I should connect with certain people because right they're the mover and shaker, or I'm going right. to regret it if I don't have a relationship with that person two years down the road. And that just didn't serve me well. So just going with my more natural, it's like, Hey, I felt a connection with this person. Right. And so, and, and the, the irony or just the interesting <laughs> thing there is the more I put myself out there and, and had those phone calls, the more people I had to choose from. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying that in like an elitist way, that's just a necessary decision. All of us have to make with our time and attention. So all of a sudden it became easy for me to, I don't want to say collect people, but like, you know, cause that's, people are not something you collect, but to find there, to find and connect with the people that I did feel that natural connection with. And it yeah. may be easier for me to go, Hey, you know what? I know that person, a lot of people adore them, but they're just not for what, and it's not that they're a bad person. It's, it's just, right. just don't connect with them. I, I right? think for all of us, one of the things I, I want people to do is, you know, we talk about as a entrepreneurs, like the idea of building your tribe and finding your tribe. And I think that's true. No matter who you are, you have to find your people. It, when you go to a conference year after year, the reason you go back is because you found your people. You know, if year one, no one talks to you, you're like, I don't know if I, this, I don't know if this is great content, but I don't know. Was this worth it? Whereas if like in that first year or two, you meet people that become part of your mastermind, like, whoa, these, these are definitely your people. And I think in everyday life, if you do the same thing, and you, it sounds like you're being very thoughtful about putting yourself out there enough to make that connection possible. But you still have integrity because you're not going to pursue a connection just because of the value, perceived value of the connection you're doing because you generally just like people. Right. Um, and I totally get that because there, there are personalities that I've met in this new online business world over the last few years where I'm like, I'm sure you're brilliant, but I wouldn't want to have a cup of coffee or a drink with you. You know, like <laughs> you just kind of gauge that. And then there are other yeah. people that are still up and coming and they're hustling and they're not a big name yet, but you're like, oh, I love everything about your energy. Like yes. we totally have to connect and they might surpass me in the, in a year or not. And it doesn't matter. I'm not doing the, I'm not saying let's connect because of that. And I think, uh, yeah, the, uh, integrity uh, keeps coming up in this conversation. We're, we're getting to the end of this hour and I, I want to make sure I give you time to share with people how to find you and how to follow your work because everyone should definitely tune into what Jason's doing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. I want to underscore one thing that you just said and then I'll, I'll do that. Um, you mentioned, 
you know, up and comers and, you know, focusing on people because you connect with them and rather than just their, their status or whatever. Right. As somebody who's been in this industry for a very long time and seen people, you know, rise and fall in their reputation or whatever, and, and who does come out of nowhere and all of a sudden seems like the overnight success. I mean, I, the number of people I could list off that I met, um, before anybody knew them. And I'm not saying this in a way of like, oh, I knew them before they were big. I'm just saying like, <laughs> it would have been very easy for me to just be like, well, why should I, you know, invest time, right? Like Pat Flynn, right? He was just a, a guy on our forums that was showing up in 2008, excited like everybody else, right? And now look, I mean, Chris Brogan, yeah. before any, I mean, I met him in uh, 2008 as well. A guy walked up to me in a parking lot. I was like, Hey, here, you've got a new podcasting book. Can I get a copy of that? I had no idea who he was. Right. So I, you know, again, I'm not saying that to be like, Hey, look, I knew them back when no point being is today's just like somebody, you know, but they're driven and they're passionate. They're cool. They have great ideas. And if you took time to find that, like there are very likely tomorrow's leaders, cause that's how mm-hmm. things work on the internet these days. And things so just move don't, fast too. And they move right? fast. Right. Yeah. Um, so just keep, that's cool. Keep that in mind. Um, okay. So yeah, as far as what I'm up to now, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love that question about leadership at the beginning because, you know, one thing that I did determine over the last couple of years is that, uh, we, you know, thinking forward to legacy and things like that, you mentioned that I, I believe in the power of kind of the, the, the thought leader, the self-made influencer. I, I think of myself as somebody who's trying to amplify or elevate what I call the long tail of influence. And I think we've all heard the long tail applied to all kinds of things like, uh, um, you know, keywords online and, and, and books and Amazon, right? We got our hits up here, the like dozen books that like outsell or they're at the top of the chart. But the truth is like all these other books, Amazon sell collectively sell far more together, collect, you know, than, than the big blockbuster hits, right? So influencers with the internet, we've got all these little micro self-made influencers, every possible, you know, niche or population that they're helping and like the collective power of those people to change the world, to, to bring solutions to the world because of their unique perspective and stuff far outweighs, you know, even what Oprah Winfrey, Apple computer, you know, even, you know, politicians who names I don't want to name, but you know that. And so like the fact, so, so I find myself just, I, I love, working with uh, thought leaders to help them elevate that, that voice using, using the internet because I think that's such a powerful um, way for us to, I mean, change the world. Sounds like such a cliche, but that's what we're going for, right? So, um, you know, I mentioned uh, dinner series and workshops and things that I'm up to. And this is all about, hey, I want to, my goal right now is to make the absolute best training for thought leaders, um, you know, to, you know to, to, to find their idea, put it together and on the internet communicate it in an effective way to reach the right people. And you might be thinking, hey, there's a lot of people out there teaching like how to become a thought leader. Well, you know what? I think creating content and being a thought leader, two different things, you know, and that's a whole other, you know, conversation we could have, but we kind of touched on it with the whole like, yeah. what is a leader thing, right? Yeah. And so I just think that, you know, there is a need now. There's such a critical mass of people online and ways to do stuff. You've got like, hey, people trying to quit the nine to five, that's fine. You know, and then you've got a whole slew of the business opportunity seekers. Oh, somebody told me I could make money on the internet. So here I am to show me how, right? And then like, we've got the thought leaders who, yes, I'm sure they want to make money with their ideas, but they are driven also to, to find their voice, bring it to the world in a very specific mm-hmm. way and have a very specific uh, impact and, and create a specific legacy there. And I think now we need to have more than ever, like what does that business model need to look mm. like? What does marketing look like when, when, for that person? And it's not just, hey, scale, 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 scale your money and your income. It's 
you've got other things you're trying to scale here too, right? Like you can't just make, sell tons and tons of more uh, uh, courses if it means now you're not having the impact that you wanted to have, right? right? So um, anyway, not to get too wordy, like that's what I'm into right now is how do we empower and create the best, absolute best resources for those thought leaders. And uh, so if you want to, if that excites you and you want to keep up as I'm going through this journey of, of constructing and creating that um, from all the stuff I've been learning with my clients the last two years, I mean, jasonvanorden.com is, is kind of the hub of stuff, but I'm on Facebook a lot. Facebook has become a huge connection networking tool for me now. Um, both on my personal profile through messenger, my page. So, you know, just search Jason Van Orden on Facebook, connect with me there, uh, to, you know, I I put content out there all the time. That's awesome. I will put all the links in the show notes so people can find it on the schmooze.com. Jason has been fantastic talking with you. Yeah. Thanks, Robbie. It's a great conversation. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jason Van Orden. Such a pleasure to speak with him and learn about his leadership journey. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. Share what resonated with you in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 65. That's also where you'll find all the links from today's episode. Now, since you've been listening to my show, you know that building connections is critical for the success of your business or career. Is this something you want to get better at? Do you want to turn that stack of business cards you've been collecting into cash, clients, and credibility? You should create a strategic networking plan so you know where to put your limited time and energy, and of course, a system for following up and staying connected. Let me help you stop wasting time networking and start building great relationships. Read my best-selling business book, Croissants vs. Bagels, Strategic, Effective, and Inclusive Networking and Conferences. Purchase it at robbysamuels.com forward slash bookstore and receive all the book's bonuses, including the free audiobook. Would you rather one-on-one executive coaching? Email me at robbie at robbysamuels.com and we can schedule a time to chat about personalizing a strategic networking plan for you and a system for tracking your most important connections. You can also email me to get on the wait list for my next mastermind group. Now, if you enjoyed this episode with Jason Van Orden, I would love it if you would share it with your friends. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's show. Are you a fan of On The Schmooze? That's awesome. I would love to read your review in iTunes. It's easy to find our iTunes page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com. Thank you in advance, and I look forward to connecting again next week when I'll be interviewing another talents professional about their untold stories of leadership and networking. We'll explore their career challenges, work-life balance, and of course, how they built a strong professional network on their way to becoming successful leaders. Until then, have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.